Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We've got my friend Craig Steele of Exclusive Pursuit Outfitters on the line. Craig, how you doing? Good, Jay. How you doing, man? Good. First, I wanted to congratulate you and Lee on an awesome raffle ram that you guys harvested a month or two ago. Um, what a ram. Tell me about it. Yeah, uh, we killed him sometime like the beginning of March, um, middle of March, right when the whole coronavirus started. Um, so we, Joe um, from Wisconsin, won the raffle tag, and we set out to hunt in October, late October first, and he came out. And he just he wanted to kill a book ram and have a good hunt. Um, and we hunted for I think for ten days, and we probably put in I don't know seven eight days scouting prior to that between Lee and I. And then uh, we had a young guy Clayton um, doing some scouting for us as well. And we started out hunting uh, 16A and 18B area off of 93 highway 93 and uh we looked over probably well i know we looked over like 96 sheep by half of those were rams in there um saw a couple nice rams um a lot of the rams were really beat up um learned some new country just didn't see anything that was kind of worthy of you know the raffle tag and um, so we ended up packing up a few days into when Joe was here and pulled country and, um, moved back over to unit 15 D and we spent, I don't know, another six or seven days hunting 15 D North and 15 D South. Um, we scouted 16 A, 18 B um 15d and 15c south and the best ram that we had found well the best two rams one was in 16a um which would be the west side now i guess and then the other one was in 15d and but nothing was kind of bomber we didn't have we wanted to kill a no doubt you know, 107 plus inch ram. Everything was kind of teetering in that mid to upper 160s. Oh, he may go 170. Um, we had a little, really long ram that we really liked the look of, but he just, I looked at him a couple times and then we, we found him again with the hunter and Joe would have been happy with him. He's a beautiful looking ram, but he just didn't have the mass. Um, that I felt comfortable with. I thought that if we shot him, that he was going to walk. We we're going to walk up to him and shrink. His body was kind of, kind of smaller. And I'd seen that ram two years ago and filmed him two years ago. Um, and again, he was just a gorgeous ram, and it was tough to back off him. But in the end, we talked Joe out of several sheep that were at or near book, and just told him if you have the financial means to get back here. Um, to get back here and of course then we had to go through you know all the general hunters and and hope and pray stuff didn't you know get killed but kind of a little bit backstory to the ram that Joe ended up killing with us back in March was uh, Clayton Holloway a young guy um, he went and scouted and found two really big rams but unfortunately he took pictures and video of them and he never really looked at sheep in fact it was the first two sheep that he'd ever looked at you know or rams and uh, he sent me the pictures and the pictures just weren't great you know the lighting wasn't great and um he he just didn't know you know and i just want him to send me pictures of rams so when I saw something that caught my eye that we'd go check it out. Well, Joe's Ram was the second Ram, I believe, no, the third Ram that he had seen in person. And it was the second book Ram that he ended up filming during that, that stretch. And, uh, 
I thought the ram from the pictures and everything was, you know, just from the pictures and video that I had were, again, around, you know, 168 inches. And then it wasn't until after, and we, we actually looked for the ram because I had a general hunter in that unit in 15D North, um, Alex, and we actually looked for that ram and couldn't find him um, before we ended up uh, settling on his old book ram and killing that ram. And it wasn't until after we got done hunting and midway through the season that another guide, uh, or former guide, um, everybody in the sheep world knows him, Hub Grounds sent me his pictures and video of the ram. And as soon as I saw the, his pictures and video, I felt like a complete dumbass um, because it his pictures and video made the ram look 180. So I knew he was, you know, yeah, I knew it was a no-doubter at that point in time and just chalked it up to Clayton's video. Um, it just didn't show, you know, what he what he actually was. And so we had to wait for the last hunter to finally kill him there. They didn't kill him. And I, you know, told him he was so thankful that they didn't kill that ram because we had him. You know, we, we could have went and, and killed him in October, but I just didn't think he was what we were looking for. So... Long story short, we uh, we knew what we were looking for come uh, March, and I think I found him like March fifth or something like that. And he was he was in the same area. He was about a mile from where Clayton had filmed him, um, and I ended up going out of town for a week. And then the whole COVID coronavirus stuff hit. We flew back, and I Lee called Joe, and Joe. I said, "Oh, I'm going to go see if I can find the ram. If I can find the ram, can you get out here, Joe?" And went and found the ram, and he uh, he was worried about flights getting canceled, so he uh, basically drove out here, um, and we sat on the ram. The next day, he showed up. I think Joe got here probably about. 4:30 a.m. and I think we killed the ram by 11 o'clock that day. Um, it was a quick trip, and you know we packed up the ram, got him checked out by three o'clock at the game of fish here in Kingman. And the next morning, at I think six o'clock, Joe was driving back to Wisconsin. Um, so it was kind of a you know a quick deal, but it wasn't like Joe just hunted, you know one day or half a day with us he'd had 11 days of actual hunt time with us but kind of a cool backstory on that ram later on i got to flash him back from you know you remember linda kelly's ram um and i remembered a wide young ram that i videotaped there in that same area and it caught my eye because he was wide and he was unique looking um and I went back through and I saw that video and I'll be damned. It's got to be the same ram. Um, and we killed him a mile from where I filmed him in 2014. So it's kind of a cool backstory. And the rams were really low. We got really lucky when Joe came back here. The rams were really low because the fillery and the feed was just exceptional. And they were just, they were just going to town. But Joe's ram was, I think he was nine years old. And we taped him at. Uh, 175 and two eighths net. Um, he was pretty soft at the last quarter inch of his base. He was putting on some some good growth for a nine year old ram. It was pretty pretty unique to to see that. But pretty fortunate and and blessed to kill that ram. He was he's long, isn't he? Thirty nine. Yeah, he he was he was actually forty and zero eighths. The game fish taped him at thirty nine and four eighths. Um, we taped him probably five times at 40 and zero eights. Um, that not nagging on them, but I know historically they've taped all the Rams that I've ever killed and talking with you, they've taped them a little bit short on their length. Um, and that's why I said, Lee, when we got back to my house, I said, I want to measure him again. Cause and we measured him three or four times at the house afterwards. And we're like, he's, he's 40 inches long. Um, and he was, he kind of thinned out on the ends a little bit, you know, that's what 
why he wasn't, you know, 180. Of course, he was bro- he was broomed on one side too, so he lost three inches because he was 37 and two eights, I think, and and 40 and zero eights, and he was 30. I think he was 31 inches wide from tip to tip, so he was super wide. Um, just a cool ram, um, unbelievable look. Um, just everything that we we wanted. You know, um, an older ram with, you know, that was in the mid seventies. Everything that you kind of hope for on that tag, um, and it's amazing that fifteen um, D with the pneumonia and everything is still able to produce a ram like that. You know, kind of reminds me of that Bob O'Connor ram in that same year. Linda Kelly had at fourteen is when Dar had, I believe, Bob O'Connor and killed that. Mm-hmm. 175 real similar looking ram good you know good bases and then just long and a lot of flare i think he was 31 inches wide as well um was this ram tested and did he have pneumonia um you know they they swabbed him and everything i haven't heard back on that that's something i'll, I'll have to check on check up on was he coughing um, or he no wasn't sense? coughing he wasn't coughing you know I, between the general hunt scouting and all that, um, and the raffle hunt scouting and hunting, um, I think I saw between, I can't, I don't recall any rams in sixth, in the 18B country or sheep that I saw that were sick off the top of my head. I know for a fact that I saw a couple ewes, one or two ewes, and I think two two rams in 15d that were coughing and then i saw a U in 16a that was coughing her head off um now what you know they it you know they get other diseases as well in 16a that you could have had something else um but i i'm not sure on what any of our rams came back if they came back but none of the rams that we killed were actually coughing um and we watched most of them for, you know, a long period of time before we actually killed them. So what about in good. all your traipsing around um, as far as rams actively rutting and, and chasing um, ewes, definitely rutting? I mean, does that indicate that ewes are definitely, you know, coming in? And did you see quite a few lambs? We did see we did see a lot of actually Back in March, when I started scouting again, um, I started seeing a, a lot more lambs than what you know I expected. Um, I scout over the summer last year. I didn't see that many ram or lambs. More lambs in 16A and 18B, not as many in in 15D. I, I would say probably maybe one lamb to every 20 ewes. Um, in March now they were also really little so um you know they I I think I think the user coming in from what I saw um because there was I would say that I think I counted probably 40 maybe 40 use you know back in early March and probably half of them had lambs yeah. so that that's good you know now how many of those will actually survive and, and not get pneumonia is another story. But it's kind of, I was thinking about this whole social distancing stuff because it's so crazy and weird, but it it's kind of naturally happening if you look at it for the sheep, you know, in 15D. And that's, you know, kind of what it takes to keep that pneumonia virus, you know, to, to get, it, get it out of them. Um, it just takes a lot longer, especially when you're using you know, limited water sources on dry years. It's not dry now. Um, it's, you know, springs were running that I haven't seen run in 15 years. Um, Is that specific to the sheep country? You're saying the sheep country's got a lot of feed and a lot of live water? No, uh, no, it's actually a lot of feed everywhere. Um, it's, it's, it's exceptional. That, our march was, was, exceptional um the timing of the rains was unbelievable i haven't seen the filler in this country in, in at least 
you know, is you know, last year was a good year. Everybody was all excited because of the elk and everything, but um, the the timing of the rain this year was better. Um, at least, at least from what I've seen, I just I've driven from I drove to Phoenix this morning and last night I drove the uh, Cottonwood the day before that, and then I drove the Pace in the week before that from Kingman, basically traveling across I forty. Um, drove to Vegas, drove to Havasu recently, and it's just it's all green. Of course, the desert now is starting to dry out. Um, we're really drying out quick, which is normal, but all that northern country is i mean it looks like the monsoons already came it reminds me jay it reminds me of 05 does it really um it does um i don't think i've seen it this green this early in may in a long time you know and really if you look at if you look at the numbers i think we had more precip last year but just the timing you know was just I guess just better this year, but, um, that sheep, the sheep country, man, those, those six, seven year old Rams are, you know, obviously younger, but for those Rams that are going to be, you know, seven, eight, nine years old this year, they're going to put on some growth, um, if they can, because they're like, like the three, well, there was, I think there was five Rams total in that little area, but he ended up with three Rams, um, they were just, I mean, they could not lift their head up off the feed. And like I said, he had a quarter inch of new growth. It was soft um, on the base of his horns. And fat um, ram tasted better than any sheep I've ever ate. Um, he, he was tasted delicious, which, I mean, he had, a, he had a quarter inch to half inch of fat over every part of him. You know, so that's... That's really good. I mean, it's 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 exceptional. I I didn't think it was gonna. I was a not a Debbie Downer, but I was a little bit of a skeptic for a little while because we had a little, we had a dry February, you know, but we had a really good November, December, January, February was dry, and then March was really good. So, and then we had some, had a storm or two in April. Let's take a quick little bunny trail here for a second and couldn't help but ask you about elk unit 10 what your thoughts are um with the with the moisture that you've seen the spring moisture that you've seen what are you thinking for unit 10 for elk man i think it can be i think it's going to be as good as it can be for the age class that's there i mean there's no doubt um it's just a matter you know hopefully it stays hot and dry until the monsoon fires up because if you know if it doesn't like last year it started we started getting those low pressures coming in and that seems to mess us up um even we need really high temperatures um we need really high temperatures typically you need that hot you know phoenix temperatures like 110 to 120 in june and get that really really hot temperature and get real steady consistent hot weather and then it seems like right around that 1st of July that, that if we can get two or three weeks of just, I mean, hot, hot, that uh, they seem to fire up better. Yeah, um, and if we, if we can get that, then, you know, get that good, early, consistent monsoon. It's, you know, the rut, the rut might be one of those years where the rut's a little bit early, you know, um, and, and really, really cranking versus last year where we didn't get hardly any monsoon, so... All right, well, I want to go through uh, a handful of these Nelson I sheep units, which you know well, most of them you know well, and uh, I'm not going to mess with the 13s at all, but I'm going to kind of start with 15A, 15B, 15B West. I kind of want to go through them, get any thoughts that you have about them. I know they've been ravaged by the pneumonia um outbreak but i mean there are rams in all of those units and people can have some pretty good hunts the other thing about several of those hunts is they're just one tag units so anybody listening that's a non-resident these units that are one tag units obviously are not available for non-residents but for you residents out there you know there's something about having a one tag unit and being the only person in that unit and you can take really take your time um, so Craig, let's just talk about 15A, 15B, 
uh, one tag. It looks like there were 99 first choice applicants, 63 second choice applicants, and believe it or not, 39 non-residents wasted their <laughs> points on it. But uh, I hear it's been hit pretty hard. What do you know? Man, that so that's up by uh, Lake Mead, and I was been on the water twice in the last two weeks and it's funny you used to see sheep you know when i was a kid driving down to the lake and you don't hardly see any sheep i can't remember the last time i've seen any sheep and historically even back when the numbers were up i think the best rams that were ever coming out of there may have hit low 150s and now i think you're really lucky if you can just kill a, a 140 um I personally would not apply for it. I just, I've never applied for it. Okay. Um, I've never, it, it, if somebody doesn't, 15 B West. Yeah. If somebody doesn't care about score, um, but also with that being said, there's not a guarantee of you killing a ram in there. You better pack a lunch. You you better be prepared because um, you're going to go days without seeing sheep and you're just going to have to hunt your ass off and, and you know, you might be able to pull out a 150, but that's a big stretch. Okay, 15B West. So 15B West, I've been looking at the numbers, and I've, been, and I've seen sheep in there, and I've scouted it. I haven't actually physically hunted sheep in 15B West. That little stretch of mountain range, most of the sheep are off of Highway 93 toward Lake Mead, Hoover Dam. Um, there has been big rams the they used to get killed out of there in the you know 90s and its heyday. Um, they haven't killed a big ram out of there, you know, a, a 160s type ram in quite some time. Um, but there is there's some sheep numbers there. Um, there I, I think there's probably anywhere from 70 to 120 head, from what I gather from all the information. Um, I think there has got, to be one decent one there. There has to be. You know, one decent. I had the guy from Vegas. No, where was the guy from? He wasn't. There might have been two tags back then. Um, I think there was two tags. I had a guy from Vegas um, call me a couple years ago, and he was a DIY guy. And there was supposedly a good ram. I talked to the Game and Fish, and they'd seen a you know a one sixties type ram in there. But um, as far as to my knowledge, nobody killed it. But there has to be, you know. I think if a guy really worked his butt off or he hired the right guy and they worked their butt off, they could probably produce maybe a low 160s ram. You might get lucky, but I would say if you hunt your ass off, you can kill a mid 150s in there for sure, you know, but you got to hunt hard. Um, and that's, I, I don't, don't be applying for that expecting a 170 inch ram. Yeah. If you kill a, you know, low 160s, you guys should be popping beers and be pretty excited because that hasn't happened in quite some time in there. 15C North. 15C North. I keep hoping that it would come back. Um, there's good genetics in there. Um, my it, it got really hammered. It did. It just, it just has not. It's, it's basically south or uh, west of south and west of 15b west um 15c north used to be one of the best nelson nine units up here um talking in the 80s 90s 2000s and after like 2002 it just has kind of mucked out we're really mucked out all of 15c it used to be 15c and then they split it up in the 15C North, C South, kind of like how they did D South, D North. What really hurts 15C now is... The highway? The, the two highways. So Highway 68, it goes from Kingman to Bullhead City or to Laughlin, Nevada. That used to be one lane. And there in Union Pass, those sheep, when there was less traffic, they used to cross that. It was a natural crossing for them. And when they put the divided highway in there, they high-fenced it all. And there's only, like, two underpasses. And I think they've had one sheep in, like, 20 years go underneath the underpass. And so they don't get that natural flow of sheep. I mean, 
hell, I missed a ram. I could see the highway when I was a kid. I missed a ram. I could see the highway. I mean, I was less than half a mile from the highway. Those rams used to be, I mean, they all the time you would see them in sheep, you would see them, but they, so that's kind of kill the influx of sheep moving from D to C back and forth. And then on the north side, you know, which is on the 15C north side is now they have all the traffic from highway 93 and they do have the overpasses and those sheep will use them, but not like they would naturally. Um, and then that pneumonia just really mucked them out. My father-in-law delivers packages from, from UPS down the Willow beach area, which is, it's on the Colorado river. There's usually a resident herd of views and stuff. He's always constantly sending me pictures. What about this? And they're all like, three to five-year-old rams um there is some good genetics in there i I still think a guy could kill a maybe kill 160 if he really worked his butt off i think definitely he could probably kill 150 for sure on that tag there's only one tag and the, the big thing that they did to 15c north and 15c south this year is they made it two months so you have 60 days um so if if you're a if you're a DIY guy or if you're a local guy um, that that draws that tag, you're gonna have you know eight weekends um, if that's all you got, and it, it's a it's an opportunity to go sheep hunting. And hey, man, there there could be a book ram in there, just maybe the wrong hunters, you know, haven't had the tag or the right hunters if you do end up killing one and right. for, you know from that standpoint um but it just it just hasn't come back jay it just it, for whatever reason and and maybe part of that is too and is the caliber of hunters you know um i know their surveys aren't that good but traditionally most of the guided guys and the the guys that have the upper end point totals and the guys that are really willing to wait for these Nelson eyes, um, they're applying for the 15 D's in the 16 A's, you know, so that there, there, there definitely could be, you know, some truth to that. But, um, I, I think 15 D or 15 C North and 15 B West are very similar. You're going to see a little bit more sheep in 15 B West. I think you got a little bit more country to hunt and see north. So it's it's kind of a toss-up. Okay, let's talk about the crown jewel of the Nelson Eye units, 15D north, uh, four tags. Last year there were 1,194 first-choice applicants, 786 second. There were 1,093 non-residents that applied. One person with max points drew. Um, that's an increase of 75 from the year before. And I'm looking on gohunt.com. That's where I'm getting this, these statistics. Um, let's talk about your crown jewel there, 15 D North. Um, it's, we killed, well, we killed the raffle ram out of there. And then, uh, Alex, my general hunter, he killed, um, a book ram, a 10 year old book ram out of there. A heavy old ram. He was, had 105 inches of mass. He wasn't sick. You know, to my knowledge, I have to check what he, you know, what his swabs were and all that. Um, but uh, I, I saw, I did see, I saw one ram with sinusitis in there. He wasn't healthy. And then two rams, I think one or two rams. I can't remember if the other ram was in D South. But at least one ram I know for sure that was that was coughing in there. And he was a good ram. He was a, you know, low 160s ram. The sheep numbers obviously aren't there. Um, from what they were, you know, four or five years ago. Um, Man, I remember being there in the heyday when we were doing those raffle hunts, you know, several years in a row and you were helping us with those and all that. I mean, they were surveying like 550, 580 sheep. And I mean, that was unbelievable. I remember days going out there and you'd see, like, you could see like 75 sheep and just from one point. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but I mean, that's what it used to be like. It was unreal. It definitely, it's, it's different now. There's, there's glassing sessions where you don't see a sheep. 
you know, and I'm not talking an hour. I'm talking a half day where you may not see a sheep. And if you don't know where to look and what the sheep have definitely kind of gone into their little core areas, you know, the feed changes things. But when the feed dries out, they go into the little core areas. Um, all the rams, I think, you know, I can't remember all the rams, but I know there was a 166. Um, Hub Grounds helped a gal um, kill a 176 out of there. Well, we killed the next biggest ram, which was um, what he was official net, 168 and 28s. Um, and 10 years old, and then the 166, and I think there was another, like, well, the 166. I got it here. It's a 166, uh, 166, 176, and a 161. Obviously, that's the game and fish score, but yeah. the thing I thought was interesting was 9, 9, 10, and 10. So, I mean, yeah. four old sheep, two of those tag holders out of the four were non-residents. Um, one was a max point holder. Um even though it's not the crown jewel that it used to be, it's still kind of the crown jewel of Nelson I sheep hunting. Do you, I mean, yeah. pretty much, don't you agree? It, I, I still agree with that. I mean, they, I think next year there's going to be another book ram killed out of there. Um, I, I, there definitely is. I think, I think out of the four tag holders, if you get quality hunters or, you know, whatnot, and they're guys that do their work or hire somebody that, that's that's reputable that will do their work you should definitely kill you know a 160s ram and you're definitely going to see at least one book ram come out of there next year um i I feel very confident in that and it's not going to be easy because it's it's still it's not like it was you know that one year i think it was 2015 there was like four 170s the and then Claude's ram was 180 freaking four or something that you guys killed on the raffle hunt it was it was unreal you're not going to see that you're going to see less sheep the one thing i did notice this year because there is less sheep it seemed like we were crowded more um so that's the one drawback is the sheep seem like they're only in certain spots um and it i know the day i know the day that we killed our ram that that hub and his hunter the gal that he was hunting with he was just helping a friend um they were down below us when we went up to kill our ram and i know the day before when i was scouting there um the other one of the other guys was scouting there as well so it's a little bit of a heart wrencher when you when you see other hunters um so just just know that going in but you know even with that being said you know there was our ram was one of the 166 by the way um they measured him short because he had him official scored it you know how it is it just depends on who's measuring him at 168 and 28s but uh Let's, it, uh, let's talk about 15D South. Let's move on to 15D South. There's two tags in South. Um, looks like last year a 161 and a 165, uh, an 8 and a 7. That is 15D South, um, my, my favorite going into next year um, for the Nelson Ice. And just because of the amount of country – I spent a lot of time in it. Um, the one thing that I think listeners need to understand is 15D North and D South is one big mountain range. They're basically those sheep come and go across Oatman Highway. And so just because there's a ram that you see in October on the south side does not mean he's going to not end up on the north side or vice versa seems like they Um, all end up on the north side they it's (laughs) well what's crazy about is the big white ram we don't know um the raffle ram we killed he was on the north side in october down low by himself and then you had us and two other guys trying to find that ram and we could not find him 
Um, and we spent several, because we are going to kill him on the general hunt um, at, at the, you know, at that point in time. If I'd have known, I still thought he was 168. I mean, we'd have killed him, you know, Alex would have killed him anyway if we would have found him, obviously, um, with his tag. But we just couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't find him. And I don't know where that ram went to, but <laughs> it's, uh, I really, I mean, look at, look at where, uh, uh, in 2015 where we killed, uh, Frank's Ram. Um, and he was clear, clear up by Tippery, you know, which is seven or eight miles from there or six miles. From I mean, there. that's one so, thing that you said it before. I mean, these suckers move a lot. I mean, they literally move from D South up to D North back to D South. You know, you find Rams in South that, you know, you've seen in North and, um, so you never know. Um, I like the one thing I really like about D South is there's quite a bit of wilderness and there's kind of a couple easy spots, but then there's a couple of, you know, there's some stuff you got to work out to get to. And so it just always a in the back of my mind. Yeah, it, that's what I was going to say. A ram could get big and could get, get lost and get some age on them. Um, but you can also get your butt kicked in that unit too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a hunt for a, it's it's not a hunt for if, a pansy. If it's not if you can't find one in the easy spots like you're talking about, it's not a hunt for somebody who doesn't like to to yeah. hike in yeah. and also go some time without seeing some sheep. The problem with the south side that a lot of guys don't understand is it it doesn't look traditionally like the other sheep country where it's all rocky and jaggy. It's kind of big and monotonous looking. Yeah, um, It's a grinder those, for sure. It, it is for sure. But I, I like that unit. Um, you can't go wrong. I think you hunt for a book ram in that unit without a doubt. Um, and then uh, it's one of the units that my family is applying for. So if that tells you guys anything on whether or not you should apply for it. And there's only two tags too. So there's so much country in there with two tags. Um, you're, you know, you only have to worry about the one other guy killing or one other person killing. So that to me is, gets kind of lost in all this. The one and two tag hunts are, are exceptional experiences. Exceptional. Craig, I want to take just a second here to thank the sponsors of the podcast. Give me a second. I had to turn a text here. Um, yeah, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. You guys hear me talk about my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru. The I call him the optics authority. Uh, Craig, you know Cody very well. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com in the gear shop. Cody Nelson, you can reach him if you're looking at any optics at all to purchase, uh, whether it be binos, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing. You can give him a call at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can send him an email directly at optics at GoHunt.com. He also likes it if you send him a text or you can call him on his cell phone, which is 602 602- Three nine nine three six nine nine. I appreciate all the work he does. There's not. It's about every other day I get a message from a customer, from a J Scott Outdoors listener, Go Hunt customer that says, you know, how much they are impressed with Cody's customer service. So get a hold of Cody if you're looking for optics. I also want to thank uh, GoHunt.com, the insider. Uh, remind you guys, you get a fifty dollar Go Hunt uh, gear shop gift card. Just for signing up for the Insider, go to GoHunt.com forward slash J Scott. Uh, you have access then to the strategy articles. It's what I'm looking at here when I'm talking to Craig, going over all these numbers. And then the Insider breaks down the harvest statistics, the draw odds, everything to do with these different animals across these different states. So go to GoHunt.com forward slash J Scott. Uh, I want to thank Kuyu, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. We just did a podcast with uh, Brendan Burns on the new Velo uh, camel pattern. They now have three patterns, the Verde, uh, the Vias, and the Velo. Uh, go to kuyu.com. It's direct to consumer. You can buy everything right there on the website, kuiu.com. Uh, also, phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code to get 10% off on all orders. 
Uh, and then onxmaps.com, use the jscott20 promo code. You're going to get 20% off on all orders. And Apex Ammunition, that's what I used on all the Gould's turkey hunts. Go to apexmunition.com. It's the home of the TSS, the Tungsten Super Shot. Uh, Craig, speaking of TSS, you might consider um, doing some of your predator hunts with this TSS. I think you'd be very impressed with the the uh, knockdown power that this stuff has. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's it's pretty dang sweet. I'd never heard about the Apex ammunition until you just said it right there. And that's the first thing that crossed my mind with tungsten because it's so dense and heavy. It, yeah. I've shot tiles with tungsten before, and it, it's expensive, but it rolls them up. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, I told the Apex uh, guys about you. And um, I think they're going to be giving you a call because they they uh, do some phenomenal predator loads as well. And the it, basic principle is they're shooting very small tungsten shot, but you're able to get much more because of the size. Super heavy. Um, you're able to get much denser pattern, a lot more pellets, and the knockdown, the penetration is unbelievable. So uh, I want to keep rolling here and get to... Um, 16A and now 16A you had talked about 16A is split into two units there's 16A south and 18B and then there's 16A so for this let's talk about 16A first which is basically like the Mojaves and 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 all of that main what I would call the main part of 16A traditional main part of 16A yeah so we had a hunter in there Michael um, and it was uh Lee was the lead guide on that, and we started a couple days late just because of our schedule. There's two tags in there. I'll just go through kind of how the hunt went, um, and then tell you, you know, my thoughts on on the hunt or on the hunt for going into this next year. But there was there's two hunters again this year, like there was last year, and the one guy that drew both of them are residents. Um, the one guy that drew. Um, he applied for like 25 years or something. He was an older gentleman. Couldn't get around that well. He had, he had some help from a guy that knew our buddy Hunter Haynes, um, just a good, good friend of his. And they ended up killing the second biggest ram that, that we had known of. Um, it was funny because Lee, had, Lee was watching the ram that day. I think it was the day that Michael was supposed to get there, our hunter. And so it was like the second or third day of the hunt, and Lee's like, "I got." We called that that ram R.I. because he had a an or all because he had a right outside chip. They look very similar. Both the bigger rams look very similar, but the the R.I. ram, the one that we killed, was uh, you know six or so inches bigger. But Lee had that that ram found, and the ram was still a little bit ruddy, and they ended up feeding down towards his road and Lee texted me or called me. I can't remember where, but he goes, if those guys come back out that road, they're going to see this ram and kill him. And sure enough, he goes, that ram's dead. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, that's, I was relieved, you know, because that was our number two ram. You know, that was not the ram that, you know, we wanted to kill. We knew the other ram. We had video, um, our other, friend and guy kenny upton um had had found the bigger ram back in november and videotaped him and he knows sheep really well and um, he thought he was a booked ram and by all of our pictures and everything that we had of the ram tcam pictures we thought he was a book ram and um so i was relieved so of course me being me Jay, I Lee went back to camp to meet michael and yeah go well did you did you go over and he goes no maybe i will i'm like I'm going over there. So I drove up to their camp and congratulated them. And I said, Hey, I don't feel, want to feel like a jackass here, but I said, do you mind if I lay a tape on them? And they were ecstatic, you know, that I going to lay a tape on them. It, Which it was in awesome your mind, you were thinking it, it was going to help you calibrate your, your brain. Yeah, that's all I was doing was calibrating it. As much <laughs> as a jackass move as it sounds like. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I was doing, you know, and he was, we thought I had worked the ram all the way down to like 161, and I think I taped him. I think he, I think rough, and I was like, "Hey, 163 to 165," you know, um, depending on 
you know, who taped them, it was dark and everything. I'm like, call them 164 because I think I got 164 and change. Um, and I was like, I'm like, our Ram's definitely a book Ram. And if our Ram should be 170, you know, based on, on the differences that, that we knew. And so from there, it was just all about far, finding this Ram we called RI. And, you know, we pounded it where we had filmed the ram where kenny had filmed the ram and in fact our hunter had come over there and met kenny and did some stunt with him and he filmed the ram as well as well the big ram and lee and i could not find him um we frustrating we, we looked and looked and looked and finally i think on the sixth day i caught a glimpse of him about three miles away i glassed up a ram and i hauled it over there and he was on the middle of this tall ass peak and he had to drive like seven ten miles to look at the other side of it you can't or you got to hike up there which is a half day's hike you know and then you got to stay up there because you're not coming down and you don't want to just hike up for a half a day and so he disappeared well the next day we made plans to try to find him and we spent another three days or two days trying to find him and we couldn't find him. We called our other uh, young guy, Clayton, said, hey, can you get down here to come help us try to find this ram? And finally, the last night, uh, Michael was booked for a seven-day hunt. We had to go do a deer hunt in like three days, two days. And, you know, Michael was getting a little bit worried that, you know, here we are, we can't find this ram, you know, and our number two ram has been killed. And in between all of this, there was a one horn, big one horn ram. And we had pictures of him 23 miles from where south, from where he had showed up. We'd, he moved 23 miles in a month. There you go. And it's the same ram. He's one horn. He's got a big left side. It's a shame. He's, I mean, he's, he's a book ram, but he's, you know, broken on that side. And, there's no doubt it's the same ram. So now we're starting to fret that, you know, the rut's over with this ram. Who knows where he could be? You know, he could go to 44 for all we know, you know, and last up there, I mean, there he was. I'd been up there the day before, uh, stayed up there all day, and he must have been on the wrong spine from me, and it was just him. And the next day we rolled around there and, Got up there and we killed him on the eighth day of the hunt. And uh, he actually broomed probably about three quarters of an inch off his left horn. Um, but other than that, he was perfect. You know, and Michael was just, you talk about a guy that was just high on life. Went from thinking we'd lost the ram, we weren't going to be able to find the ram, to killing the ram. It was, it was amazing. But it was a tough hunt. Um, it, I think it's a his tough ram, unit. Oh yeah, his ram. I think Jay is the biggest ram, or I think it's the biggest ram killed out of there in a decade. There may have been one other ram that I think was one sixty eight or one sixty nine that was right there, but there's only been two ram book rams killed out of there in a decade. And the re, you know the reason why because it's just it can produce big rams. I know there was a bigger ram in there the year before um, in the same area. But he was older, and who knows where he went because they could go to. He could be in 16B, he could be in 44, he could be in 16A South. Um, I I think it's a good hunt. Be prepared not to see that many sheep. Most of the sheep are on the north side in the Mojaves. But the problem is when December comes, is those rams start chasing feed, especially like we had some some good November storms and that, that growth had started coming up and they were, they were chasing feed and they were, you know, that, you know how they are. They like to be around other sheep, but they weren't really running um, per se. And a, a guy on his own, unless he lives right there can really get frustrated on that. Cause it was frustrating as guides to, to have one Ram right there. He'd moved five miles from where we thought he was, but, even five miles really, I mean, we worked our ass off to find that ram. It was, 
it was not easy, but I, th- I think you can still kill buck ram out of there. Um, it's a good hunt for, you know, a low to mid sixties ram, but you're just not going to set up and just look at, you know, 40, 50 sheep like you will in D. It's just not going to happen. 16A South, 18B. So we, yeah, we spent a ton of time. I think I brushed over it a little bit. We spent a ton of time in there. Um, obviously, Jason Carter's ram come out of there, so it kind of got some big time press. But even before Jason's ram, there was some, you know, some book rams that had been taken out of there, and a lot, a lot of those sheep come from 15D. I think some of them in the early part were transplanted from uh, the Navajo Nation, and then they get some of that Mexicana stuff that comes up there was one ram in there that i really loved him he's really tight i think i sent you pictures of him mm-hmm. he's laying on a rock mm-hmm. um he's really tight heavy at the ends but he just he didn't drop he didn't have enough ear clearance um he's a site had bad sinusitis he's a low 160s type ram beautiful ram so you get there's a good diversity of, of genetics in there but you said there's uh, a bunch of beat up rams too there is a just a crap ton of beat up rams i i mean half of them the of the good rams you know the rams that were in the upper 50s to low 160s were just beat to piss and the i think that i think the u to ram ratio is is pretty close to one to one um so i think that's part of the problem the other problem you have in there is even for the couple rams that I saw in there that look like they could be good rams coming up this next year, um, is the lions. You know, that country right there is just chock full of them. It's yeah. just, I mean, you have uh, Goodwin Mesa, which has a lot of deer and a lot of lions. And, you know, those sheep just don't, they don't do too well against the lions. So that's the other problem. But I, I, it's a good unit. You know, obviously, Jason's ram come out of there. I think you you hunt for a book ram in there. Um, if you find something bigger, then great. But if you find a book ram, eh, that that's a great ram, and, and definitely think about shooting them. Um, I think you know a guy can for sure if he's a, if he's a hunter or he hires the right guy can for sure kill a, a mid one sixties type ram out of there. So. It's a good, it's another good Nelson I, you know, quasi-Mexicana crossover unit. Um, And you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of sheep. You're going to see a lot of sheep in there if you know where to look. Um, That was one thing I was very surprised at. Probably other than 15D, you're going to have a more enjoyable hunt in that unit than you will 16A. With that being said, do you think the last couple of years, and especially because of Jason's Ram last year or two years ago, there's a there's a little unit there that is probably getting not as touched, and Rams aren't dying in that 16A South part. You know, it's 16A South, 18B, yes. but I mean, I think all the Rams that have been harvested have come out of 18B. I think that 16A South. I mean, historically, there's always been a pretty good ram in 16A South. It would not surprise me if there's, you know, someone finds a good one there because no, I think it's been sure, overlooked for a couple of years. It has, and that's one thing. There's a lot of nooks and crannies, and even in the 18B side, um, there's, like, endless country where they can go to, and they will go underneath Burrow Creek Bridge, watch them personally do it, you know, they don't have a problem going underneath that bridge. And that's kind of a main travel corridor for them. That and Kaiser Springs, they'll go underneath those bridges. And so they'll go back and forth. Um, typically, they're they're around there in the summer, around Burrow Creek in the highway. And then they move, you know, come October, November, December. Um, they're not around that country as much. All right, let's... Um, from what- Let's go to 16B. That's our last unit. This is always a unit that I'm just surprised that it doesn't consistently produce because it's got real choppy country and has the potential to really hide a ram. Um, And I know one that I think you were watching for a long time ended up switching units and dying over there. But what's your thoughts on 16B? 
Uh, they killed a low 160s there last year, the year before that. Um, they obviously killed the I think it's a unit record, 175. I think that Ram was a 16A Ram that, that came over. Um, it may not have been. It's That unit's on around Lake Havasu in the Colorado River there. Um, it's pretty much, you can access it by foot, but accessing it by the lake and by boat is is gives you a significant advantage from what i've seen historically a, a low 160s ram 150 high 150s the low 160s is what guys usually take most of the hunters in there are usually diy guys i know the guy that killed the big ram and he was going to kill one of the other rams luckily he had somebody with him that um our guide Kenny was who's also friends with him that knew what he was looking at. Um, and another friend, you know, talked him out of shooting some other Rams and be patient. I think just sometimes guys aren't patient. It's a little unique unit. I, th- because it's, I mean, it's right by Lake Havasu. So those, those, those sheep are right there. They're pretty docile sheep. Bikini um, hatch sheep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's December though, Jay. So you, you, you can uh, hey, a guy's got a dream. You you got to try. <laughs> but it it definitely. I mean, the same genetics are there. You know, I think some of those sheep from 16B can go all the way from 16B to 16A to 44 there and, and back and forth. There, it it's a good unit. Um, don't go in there expecting to shoot a mid 170s ram. Just like 18B, don't go in there expecting to shoot a 180 um had the guy, a guy call me last year that had one of the tags I'm like is there any 180s in 18b i'm like oh <laughs> that's carter ram's a freak you know um don't go in there expecting that um expect if you can find it if you're you want to hold your guns just one tag and you want to kill you know a book ram then you know hunt till the very end um, if you don't have one found in preseason scouting, but if not, um, you know, a, a mid 160s is a big ram for that unit. It just, that's historically what it produces. And, you know, you, you kind of got to go off data, um, but you, you also got to know, be honest with yourself and what kind of hunter are you? How much experience do you have? Are you with a guide? Um, but you know, I, I think you can definitely kill a mid one sixties in there if you work your ass off. That's a great breakdown. Um, couple things before I let you go. What the heck is going on with Rocksteady? You're teasing us. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm getting an education um, on uh, on building products. And data types. So we're I'm we're working on the fourth prototype bipod, um, prone to side slope bipod. Um, it's it's almost done. It should be in my hands next week. I'm hoping you know this is the one. But what you learn through the process is you know it's it's a process to develop a product. Um, it's good being a little bit naive, um, <laughs> it's good and bad because, you know, I don't know all the steps, obviously, uh, I'm looking at function and, 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 you know, weight and, and all of the above from the hunting standpoint, from, you know, actually from in the field standpoint and from a design standpoint, there's you know, a number of different things that go into it. So obviously I hired help and Josh, the, the, uh, I would say the lead designer on it and, um, has, has worked his butt off to this point. And I, I think we're close to getting it out. Um, I just, I have to be a hundred percent confident that it's, it's something that I would use. Um, for those of you that don't know, they're listening to Jay's podcast for the first time or don't know me. I decided to start a company last year. I actually started the bipod build two years ago, um, as far as from idea to now. And um, but I filed the LFC stuff last year, 
um, and have been working hard on it with Josh for over probably a year and a half now. Uh, I'm getting a prone to side slope sitting bipod. Um, I think there's a lot of good bipods in the market, good prone bipods that are just, you know, Atlas makes them. Um, some other companies make some good prone bipods, but the reality of it is when you guide and you hunt a lot, you realize getting prone is the number one position, but there's a lot of shots that you just, you can't get prone on. Um, I do a lot of predator guiding and predator hunting and uh, you're, you're almost never prone on those. You're, you're sitting on a side slope and there's a number of late elk hunts that I do where you need, you're on a side slope and you need to be steady and you need to have that shot, you know, uh, available to you. And you just don't have it with some of these short bipods, but we're getting there. Jay long is short of it. Um, but it's, it's a process. It's a lot longer process than I thought. I'm just not going to put out a, a ship product that, um, I don't, I don't like, I have a, a prototype, the gen three prototype, if you will, is on, is on my varmint rifle right now. I've used it since, uh, February. Um, it's just not what I want to go to market with. Um, there's okay. Let me step in here for a fix. second. Yeah. We're talking about a perfectionist here with Mr. Steele. So, I mean, if he gets it to the market in the next five years, I'll be impressed because, but, no. when, it, but when it comes, it's going to be dang good. I can promise you that. Well, I mean, the reality of it is, is you want it to be right, right? I mean, it's, well, it's a big there's deal. A, there's enough shit out there on the market. And for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a, one of these guys that has to have a new piece of gear every time a piece of gear comes out. No, but I you like gear that lasts and works for a long time. I that's exactly that's me. I want something that works that that functions that is not if it if it breaks the company's going to, you know, stand by and, and you know, reality I can assure of it is not Craig Steele is not fancy. Craig Steele is is in this you know, he wants one that you can buy, and he knows that it'll work for ten years. Um, that, may, might not exactly. be the greatest business model, but that's just how Craig rolls. That's I've known him forever, and I that's think how there you are. is no other business model, Jay. I think there's no no other build quality. Model. There is none because all that all the other stuff's been done before, and I'm not going to compete to race to the bottom. I at the end of the day, I want to put out products that I'm I'm proud of. And that ultimately that I'll, I'll use, you know, and, and that's where the whole bipod came from is I had a ton of guys asking me about bipods or that show up with a prone bipod and I'm like, Oh, that's great. But wait, wait till we try to shoot this, you know, 350, 360 slope. bull on a side slope. And, you know, you're over there dicking with your pack or, you know, trying to, you know, shoot off a tripod that you've never shot off of. And, um, you know, which was a time and a place for a tripod shooting too, but, um anyway so well, yeah cool. we're, we're getting there it will be it will be out before september it will be on the market before september well, you heard it we'll keep him we'll keep his uh, feet to the fire on this by september 2020 yep we're saying it today a boy i'm looking forward to it rock steady check it out on instagram what is it r-o-k underscore steady yeah, and you can search. Yeah, it's R O K Steady S T E D I. Um, you can search it on Google, and you can search it on Instagram or Facebook and find it. But I'm looking forward to it, buddy. It's always great uh, having you on the podcast. Uh, you and Lee both. Uh, I know you're amped up for antelope season coming up and elk season, and. Um, you know, we got to get these apps in by June 9th, and I encourage anyone that's interested in hunting Nelson I sheep to give Craig uh, and his partner, Lee, a call. Um, Craig, why don't you tell the listeners, I'll also link it up in the show notes, tell the listeners how they can best uh, follow you, reach out to you, what have you. So you can go to, for our big game stuff, Exclusive Pursuit Outfitters on Instagram, Google, Facebook, just type it in the search. It'll come up. 
Um, that's kind of the best way to get to us for there. Or on my personal side, for if you have a question over anything, hunting, rock steady, predator hunting, any anything on that side, just search on Instagram, Craig Steel AZ, um, or you can go to Facebook. Um, and again, you can go to rocksteadyhuntinggear.com to find information about that. But um, just Google my name or look it up and, and search on any of the platforms, and you should be able to find me. I don't hide my cell phone number or my email. It's all available. Um, it's in my Instagram profile, so it's I'm pretty easy to get a hold of if, if you He likes texts about 10.30 p.m. at night. Yeah, I'm usually in bed by them. I'm an early riser. <laughs> you can use the best time to, to catch steals about 4:45 a.m. and he's drinking yep. coffee. I promise you. Yep, <laughs> that's when I'm most optimistic. I still got to bring my basketball up there and show I can dunk right over you. There's no basketball hoop open. It's this is it's crazy. The freakiest thing. I know. So. All right, buddy. It's always great. Um, thanks for your knowledge there on the Nelson I stuff and um, look forward to seeing your progress uh, this summer and this fall. And uh, thanks for being a friend and thanks for coming on here. Okay. All right, man. Thank you. All right. God bless. Bye.